1240 WATN presents Live at Five with Glenn Curry. Sponsored by Herringer's Contracting, the roof people who call you back. This is Live at Five with Glenn Curry. <laughs> The army where you shoot them a mile away, you gotta get up close like this, and bing, you blow their brains all over your nice cyber league suit. This will I think. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! German? Forget it, he's rolling. <laughs> Learn it, know it, live it. Are you running a business or a charity war? Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. Uh, Yankees win! Pull over! No, it's a cardigan, but thanks for noticing. This is Live at Five, yes, Live at Five, Live at Five. Gentlemen, live in, in studio guests today. Talk about something really important. A uh, gentleman that wasn't, uh, was here rather, not that long ago, to talk about something completely different than what we're going to discuss today. And Ken Eisman's in uh, the house, ladies and gentlemen, Northern New York uh, Community Foundation. How are you doing? Along with uh, one of his associates, I'll get Mary's last name in a little bit here. It's nine minutes after uh, five o'clock. Gorgeous day if you, well, if you like wind, wind in your face that really burns one of those days. But uh, we're getting out of February. We had to wait an extra day, and Ken and I were just talking about it. Today is Leap, leap Day, Ken. Uh, Ken Iceman with us. Form Actually, once a journal, yeah, so you can swing it by. You don't have to go, oh, yeah, go okay. yeah, let it go to you. That's why we have in the swivel. Right. Uh, so uh, once a journalist, always a journalist? Uh, That's right. Yes. yes. Uh, once a Marine, always a Marine. So you've, you're, you're not a journalist anymore, but you kind of act like one because you know so much about the Northern New York Community Foundation. You, you know its history. You know you're the marketing guy. Yes, you, as communications director, sort of the, the storyteller in chief, if you will. Yeah. Um, right. Any any great stories we have to share and tell and educate the public on our work and mission that really is uh, the work I love to do. So the word philanthropic, that's that's basically sums up everything as far as what you guys are all about. Is that right? Yes. So th is this just ways of, you know, people of all denominations, socioeconomic backgrounds, uh, they find that, you know, by going, by saying, hey, look, I have a lifelong accomplishment, I have money in the bank, I want to give back to the community. Why do they choose Northern New York Community Foundation? Well, the community foundations are a very unique model. Um, they date back to the 19-teens. The very first was in Cleveland, Ohio, and the Northern New York Community Foundation uh, was not soon after, not long after the very first. 1929, we mm -hmm. were initially incorporated, and what our executive director often says is the Community Foundation model is the democratization of philanthropy. Hmm. It's a place where we take all of the gifts from the community and pool them mm -hmm. into a collective endowment mm -hmm. that serves the greater good of our communities. Mm -hmm. And it's reinvested in initiatives such as education, mm -hmm. which my colleague Mary Perrine here is the, she leads our scholarship program, mm -hmm. what we're going to get to here in a minute. Mm -hmm. And, um, 
all of those opportunities for giving are shared by folks of all different backgrounds and means. Mm -hmm. So we are very welcoming to anyone who might want to make a gift of any amount. And, and they, that gift is, is pooled and leveraged and can do so much more um, when it's all put, put in together. All put in together rather than just, you know, a $100 gift here or, right. you know what I mean? So well, it's organized and you got, how, the staff is, is somewhat large. You got that big building, which used to be the Black River Valley Club. That's a big place. And you, and you put a $4 million addition on that. Well, our, our staff is pretty lean, actually, when you, when you look at other, other foundations across the country. You know, we're eight and a half, nine, nine and a half people. Uh, in terms of full-time employee, mm -hmm. um, and uh, that's that's really other foundations of our size. You would see a, a much larger team. We do a, we do a lot. It's it's a very very committed group. Mm -hmm. Folks who work there really believe in living the work and mission, and uh, we're all donors to the foundation ourselves. Mm -hmm. So we, we're not doing this work um, because we. Are just happen to work just there. happen you, to work you, there. You, you We're also contributing and living, and you know, Mary established a scholarship uh, for a very specific purpose. Mm -hmm. My mother did one in memory of my father. Wow. Others on our team mm -hmm. uh, often give back, and mm -hmm. it's uh, it's very personal for for all of us who work there mm -hmm. to uh, collectively work on improving quality of life across Jefferson, Lewis, and St. Lawrence counties. This is where we work. This mm -hmm. is our home. Mm -hmm. So where where would we not? Why would we not want our home to be a better place? Right, and, and that's that's all the work that that we're dedicated to do across the entire team. And how long has the foundation been in existence? I know I asked you that when you were with John, but how mm -hmm. long has it been? Ninety-five years in October of this year. So, um, it uh, nineteen twenty-nine was wow. the initial incorporation. Yeah, um, October of nineteen twenty-nine. Wow, which was. A bad month. Yeah, bad month. <laughs> you know, in yeah, history. Right. Um, wasn't the best of times. Mm -hmm. But we've persevered and grown and adapted and really responded well over 95 years to the changing needs of our communities across this region. Sure. Um, and that's one of the other great things about a community foundation. We can be very flexible mm -hmm. and very responsive to what those emerging needs are. Mm -hmm. I mean, outside of education, which is one of our larger focus areas mm -hmm. we do grant making of all kinds mm -hmm. um you know we've supported many many capital projects for nonprofit organizations across this region mm -hmm. but we also do things that are uh matters of essential need great support to food pantries across the tri-county region mm -hmm. annually um we're doing uh great work to support organizations that serve you know, trying to solve the 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 homeless problem sure supporting uh, nonprofit organizations that also enrich our lifestyle in terms of arts and culture. The Orchestra of Northern New York is a very uh, major benefactor of our, of our work. Mm -hmm. they, they receive uh, grant funding from us mm -hmm. annually, and, and we are very happy to do that. Those mm -hmm. are things that make this community stronger and special. And in addition to that, I've been doing a couple of segments recently. Just today, I was interviewing someone who was on this show about a couple of weeks ago 
uh, the Northern New York Community Foundation, which of course is what we're talking about here, uh, also provided monies towards what will be the new uh, theater center or theater district of, of Lower Watertown. That's on Franklin Street at the old Strand Theater. That's a huge capital project right there. And Joe Foy said, if it weren't for you and JCC, it would never have happened. I mean, look at look what you're doing to Lower Franklin Street. Yes, uh, we Strand. we. Uh... We did some grant making for the former Strand Theater Project with mm-hmm. uh, Harmony. Harmony, yeah. Harm, NNY. NNY, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, performing arts group with Joe. Joe's yeah. doing some excellent work. Young um, guy. It's amazing what he's very, doing at a young age. Very organized and, yeah. and, and smart in his approach to how he's right. you know seeking ways to get students more engaged in the arts and in music. And mm-hmm. their musical instrument lending library is that's 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 incredible. I mean, when I was a young boy, my my father reluctantly bought an alto sax for me. He was upset that I didn't play the clarinet like my three older sisters did. He was a, he, so he figured he'd get you a sax saxophone. Right, right. Did you ever play it? I did all the way through college. Actually, really? Yes. Wow. Yes. Well, you like uh, what's his face from the E Street Band with? Uh, uh, well, I wish I was as good as Clarence. Yeah, but Clarence. <laughs> not not quite. I I couldn't hold a candle to him. I I could. I played a lot of John Philip Sousa in college because I. Uh, Went to a, a private military school. So oh, did you really? Was, yes, wow. yes. Jeez. Okay. Well, um, I, the, the one thing I want to, I mean, obviously people would go to a foundation that's been around for almost 100 years, but is it does it behoove the entire foundation to draw all the money together and then reinvest it almost like a bank, like a, like an institution, that if you're going to get XYZ some, from donors across the region, is it best to give it to someone that actually can make it work in a, by, with the lump sum, the, the, the sum total of all those donations? donations would someone put it into a cd account for six months or something of that nature where there's more money that comes from it do you do things on, the, on that side of things Ken? we as far as the investment strategy we are very very um mindful of of not having you know all the eggs in one basket per se mm-hmm. there are multiple investment uh, uh firms that that invest portions of the total endowment that's mm-hmm. under management mm-hmm. and that's very intentional you don't want to have an endowment as robust as as what's taken ninety five years to build. Right, you would never want to put that all with just one steward. Right, you want different strategies. A, an investment firm might take a different approach on one side, and and over here a different mm-hmm. yet different approach. So it's it's very well managed. There's an investment advisory committee, mm-hmm. um, and they look at things on a quarterly and monthly, you know, oh, sometimes sure. monthly basis. So yeah, I'm sure everything's it's, uh, audited. It's, it's, it's yeah. extraordinarily well. Well stewarded. So Mary Perrine, uh, am I saying that right? Uh, any relation to Valerie Perrine, the actor? Uh, for, no. Yeah. <laughs> I had to say she was in Superman, by the way. I, I always like Valerie Perrine. Uh, so Mary, you know, we just again, I'm I was unfamiliar. I'm familiar with Northern New York Community Foundation and how it bestows, you know, monies uh, that really are worth it. Didn't have any clue up until recently about the scholarship fund. Now I do. This is all the stuff that, of course, we're advertising for right here on the the Young Station and other stations, mind you, uh, to attract people to the that kids can actually apply uh, for monies for their freshman year of high school. Uh, and there's other parts of it, I get it. But right now, the thrust before March 15th, which is a Friday, is to encourage as many kids as possible. In the old days, Mary, anyone who got a scholarship had to go through the region scholarship, had to pass all the exams, had to be a straight-A student. 
Uh, and there was no such thing as uh, any type of scholarship towards uh, vocational. But this is completely different and free. So if you can elaborate on that, Mary. Sure. I mean, we do have, you know, traditional scholarships that are, you know, merit based. Um, But more and more, our donors are moving towards things like um, the average student. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe they have certain characteristics that are attractive to the student. Maybe they're going into trade and technical. That seems to be a growing trend with some of our scholarships. Thank God. Um, We have students that, you know, are scholarships that are specific to certain majors. Mm -hmm. Um, So they're really kind of all over the place. I, I pretty much any person. Any graduating high school senior has something mm-hmm. that we could actually support. And that I noticed in the application, and it's free, by the way. Mm-hmm. You can do it online at your own. You don't have 30 minutes to do it, like in so many cases where you have to get it, um, you know, someone to sign off on it or whatever. But there is an aspect of it that, that I find intriguing. It's the essay portion of it. And kids are, are very familiar with that. If they want to get into a certain institution, you got to show not only your grades, but your extracurricular, and you have to show your aptitude. So can, if you can elaborate on what the essay portion of the application is all about. It's really, it's not really an essay per se. Mm-hmm. It's basically we ask students why the Northern New York Community Foundation should support them. Mm-hmm. We ask them what their career goals are in 5, 10, 20 years. Um, we ask them if they have any other circumstances that we should be aware of, um, you know, because it's some it's, you don't know until you ask the question. Right, right? Sure, sure. We do ask the students to provide uh, contacts for appraisals. Mm-hmm. And then we ask for, obviously, their transcript. But, mm-hmm. you know, all of those factors go together mm-hmm. as we're, you know, we're moving through the application process. And mm-hmm. the way the application works is the student fills out the addition, the initial parts of the application, and then based on the way that they answer certain questions, mm-hmm. other opportunities will open up for them. Really? So it's not like we don't ask them to fill out information that wouldn't be pertinent to what they might be eligible for. Mm-hmm. Right. It's really like, it's like, like Ken mentioned, it's like a skip-step logic where, okay, they answered this question, so now this is going to open up so for them. So a subcategory comes out. Correct. I want to be an electrician. Oh, great. So what other aspects of vocation are you interested Maybe I'm off, off the mark, but it would obviously file suit with, with, uh, with how they're answering the questions then. Right, right. So they, we would ask them where they want to attend. Um you know, it, we have a list in there built in, but if they're going somewhere that we may not have supported in the past, sure. they would just put that in as other. We ask them for their field of study. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we have, you know, a whole list of majors. But if they're looking to do something in trade and technical, mm-hmm. they would just answer trade technical. And, I mean, we've sponsored students that have gone to lineman school. Mm. We've, you know, helped students that are going into welding. So it's not just necessarily those going to a college in a university setting sure they could be going into something else so we know and and ken and i talked about this the high cost of tuition and i went to college eons ago where if you spent more than three thousand four thousand a year uh that was a lot of money and that was for state school now and ken knows this it's upwards of twenty five thirty thousand dollars that doesn't include books doesn't include getting back and forth so there's a huge difference in the last couple of generations uh, so every dime counts. Absolutely. We had, we had the Pell Grant. We had the Regents. You know, you had all types of things of means. Uh, it, it put a dent into it. But I think kids are really discouraged these days, which is why a school like Potsdam has literally just dropped some part of their curriculum because the, the, the numbers are just not adding mm-hmm. up. So it's a business like everything else. So they're really cutting things down. Their business department has been cut down, I believe. Um it, it, this is obviously something that helps, but does it put a dent into t- 
tuition costs these days, Mary? Well, one of the things that I would say to that is, you know, when a student is applying for our application and our scholarships, um, a lot of times they receive more than one. Nice. So, you know, if there's a, a scholarship opportunity that maybe is open to um, students going into, and I'll just pick nursing, mm-hmm. you know, we have right, many right. nursing scholarships, and so they may qualify for two, three, four. I mean, they get kind of packaged together. Nice. So, you know, there might be a one that's a lower dollar amount, and then there might be a one that's another dollar amount, so that they kind of, they kind of expand on their own which is it's helpful for these students because it's not limited to just one-on-one so and without holding you to an actual dollar amount but could you get upwards of up upwards of like multiple uh, amounts of this like ten thousand dollars towards towards your education ten, this way? yeah ten thousand's a little bit yeah, yeah. high but yeah we do have some very generous scholarships that are out there and right. um right you know at, it's, at the end of the day i'm not saying that, that money is money and every bit of it counts up until now, though, getting the word out has been somewhat of a struggle. And I wonder if just people think it's just too good to be true, Mary? I'm not really sure what it is. I think, you know, a lot of students um, look at the, the essay or the application and think it's lengthy, but it's really not. You could complete it other than getting the other information in from the appraisals and the transcript, I would say, in half hour, 45 minutes. It's Tops. not very long. Right. It's mobile friendly. So if you're right. riding the school bus... Pull it up on your smartphone, and you can fill it out there. I mean, it's it's about as streamlined as we can make it. Isn't that awesome? I tell you, and and, and how long have you been doing this? I mean, you've been around for almost 100 years, but in as far as you, were you the ground uh, grassroots of the scholarship program, Mary? No, that's been around for years and years. Um, I actually was part of the, the process to move it online mm-hmm. because, you know, what we were seeing is, you know, nowadays students don't want to sit and write out. They don't know. know how to write. They don't know what a pen looks like. <laughs> so we made it as, as simplified as possible where they can actually just answer the questions online. Right. Awesome. So that you were, you, you were spearheaded that to some degree and got that on it. Well, that's good. It's amazing how certain institutions and places are still behind the times, just like in radio. They have a rating system. And they're still writing it down in books, like you know, like the midterm books that we had in, in, in college, which is crazy. We have a Ken. You have something to say. Ken always has something to say. I, I guess I wouldn't be the communications director nah, if I didn't have not. much to say. Right. Um, no, you're. It's in in our history, mm-hmm. very unique in our history. Uh, very early on, the community foundation, the educational support was in the form of a, a student loan program, mm. and then in in the late 1970s. Um, the foundation converted that to a scholarship program, mm-hmm. and the scholarship program has blossomed and grown exponentially since about 1978, 1980. Mm-hmm. And over that length of time, the mm-hmm. last 45 years, mm-hmm. the foundation has awarded oh, cumulatively, mm-hmm. you know, $21 million wow. or so That's incredible. Um, in, acad- in support for, for education for students across all three counties. It's something tells me that, you know, paying it forward, you know where I'm going with this. Now you've got money coming back from those that you granted scholarship or, or loans for years ago, decades ago, are now paying it forward back into the community foundation. We, we have, and, and Mary could speak more to this too, there are, there are past scholarship recipients who have come back to the community foundation and have started new scholarships. Really? Yes, there's a, a, several come to mind. Who, who have done that. And, and in, our, in our newsletter, the Community Foundation newsletter, we publish uh, three times a year. We, 
we feature in at least twice a year, we feature a story, sort of a where are they now feature mm-hmm. of a past scholar recipient. Mm-hmm. And we've done several of those profiles of, you know, we've gone as far back as someone who graduated from high school in the early 80s. And, wow. you know, where is he now? He's a pharmacist. Long time right, ago. He's a pharmacist right down the street. <laughs> is he really? At Kinney's. And, uh, oh. and was a, you know. Uh, uh, are, are, does he have a mustache and glasses? I don't, I don't know if he does <laughs> nowadays. But. Did he go to Indian River? Maybe. No, okay. It, it's got to be him. All right, so let's, can we, this is crazy. We, we didn't have an endowment here from, from uh, Northern New York Community Foundation. That's why we only have one headset. If I could uh, do this, we're going to take a phone call. So if you could just hold it, you, you'll be able to hear it. Tell me if you can hear things out of that right now. Hear my voice, Ken? Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, great. So if you could, I know this sounds crazy. I'm going to put it up even louder. But if you, if 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 uh, Mary can hear, we have a phone call coming in right now. Let's see if this is germane to our discussion. Hi, do you have a question for our guest? I didn't know you had a guest. I'm really sorry. <laughs> all right, all right, Rick, great, great. Call, call me tomorrow, okay? All right, buddy. All right, all right thanks. I knew that was something. So don't worry about it. I was saying it's kind of early for guests. Um, now, Ken, you got the microphone. You told me something the other day, and I think you were alluding to it right now. There was a gentleman whose famous grandfather built a big-ass castle up there on the St. Lawrence River. Can you explain more about Mr. Bolt in North Carolina? Yes, yes. So his great-grandson, mm-hmm. so not grand, but great-grandson, great-grandson right. Malcolm Goodridge. Uh, Malcolm is, is a character. He's, he's a wonderful, wonderful donor. How old is he now? Big hearts. He's 87 years old. God bless Just him. turned 87 in November and uh, sharp as a tack still. Um, and and very you know likes to get some jabs in and and trade barbs. He's he's just a fun guy. Right. Has a wonderful family who is also involved. His son is involved. His granddaughter is involved. Um, so it's the George Bolt Scholarship. So Malcolm, there was a family reunion of Bolt descendants that was held at the castle back in 2017, and and wow. Malcolm had this idea that. You know, they, they were so impressed with how Jefferson County has preserved and perpetuated the legacy of George Sr. Mm-hmm. They were that that's really call that was a call to action for them. Hmm. They wanted to find what's the best way we can give back to Jefferson County for all that they've done to turn this castle into what it is today. Um, so the, the, the idea for the George Bolt scholarship was born hmm. and uh, they contacted our executive director. Um, Randy tells a funny story about that. He got a phone call and someone said, can you be in Clayton? And he literally jumped in the car, got up to Clayton, met, wow. met Malcolm and he drove and, too. And, and then Malcolm, pardon me, D- Malcolm drove. Oh, he still drives. Wow, yeah. Yep. So, but the, the meeting went very well and they established the scholarship and it's, it's grown over time. Malcolm, uh, through the selection committee, the work that Mary does, they award three $10,000 scholarships to Jefferson County students. And this is one where Mary was explaining that he wants to find students who have overcome challenges. Because right. Malcolm himself um, overcame a lot of hardship in his life. He's very, very dyslexia? open about... he was he's Yes, dyslexia. So he, you know, he was one of these guys who back in the 1950s, 60s was in college and and didn't uh, everyone kept telling him he was stupid and right. he didn't he didn't know how to learn until he figured out how to embrace his his challenge mm-hmm. and overcome it and and really learn he went on to become a senior vice president for American Express it's incredible so he was 
very successful mm-hmm. in his own right. Um, you know, made a very, very good, comfortable living, and uh, is just a, a heck of a guy. To very generous heart, and and supports these students who also have overcome challenges. Um, that's it's that's how donors have come to us and have structured these types of scholarships. His story is one of many mm-hmm. that uh, Mary can even get deeper into. It's, it's kind of it's kind of like the King speech. Um, a fam- you know, uh, prior to World War II, it was uh, yeah, Le- King, Queen Elizabeth's father uh, who who had, who had a stuttering problem, and, and people oh, were right, worried right. about. And they did a movie about him. They, they're worried, like here it is. He's going to talk about Hitler and the impending uh, World War you know issue in 1939, and they needed him to sit there in front of a microphone, and they trained him and trained him. He was smart all along. We know that. We've seen this so many times. Ke- Helen Keller, the, probably the most famous example of someone who had the mind, uh, but needed it to be you know brought out uh, uh, um, through Miss uh, um, Miller. So, am I getting that right? I'm still losing track of my of my storylines and whatnot but nonetheless that in itself is an inspiring story and it's local just the thought of an 87 year old man driving to clayton and his great grandfather's castles in the middle of st lawrence county like you said jefferson county has restored in the last 20 years that in its, that brings that put that it gives me chills it really does a living part of that legendary story back in 1903 and so let's, he's, yeah. and he's he's determined to do even more for these students some of the past recipients he has continued to support through their educational journeys. Mm-hmm. He he is of a of an open heart. His his mind and heart are very open to mm-hmm. to supporting these students and seeing them succeed. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's great opportunities that he's created. And we we ha- the students who received the Bolt Scholarship. It it's very special to them. Does it come with a we, castle on a stick or something? We we actually have a reception <laughs> at the castle. Do you? Oh, that's um, great. And, and and Malcolm and his son Charlie Goodridge, who yeah. lives in Saratoga Springs. Yeah. Uh, Malcolm is uh, in in uh, Hilton Head, South Carolina, during nice. the winter, and Martha's Vineyard in the summer. But um, his son Charlie, uh, his family down in in Saratoga, they they come up. We have a, a wonderful evening uh, reception there, and and the students just they get their name on a permanent plaque in Bolt Castle. That's amazing. And, and of course, a famous movie was shot there. I'll get into that and other things. Fear No Evil, 1979, uh, was shot there before it was renovated. Mary and Ken, let's do, we got to do a commercial break right now, uh, and we'll get into more, and we'll take phone calls with people that are actually listening to the show right after these messages. Don't go away. Hey, Tim, I hired a consultant. Me- Head to Bradley Street in Watertown. FX Prayer Honda. All right, we're back. Uh, good, good discussions here about something that uh, yours truly didn't know enough about. I always love the historical aspect of things. And, and Mary, if you don't mind, j- jump on the microphone here. Uh, the one thing, the, the building itself is the Black River Valley Club. Um, legendary stories there. Beautiful place, Georgian style architecture. By the way, I know this because I did the history video of downtown Watertown 24 years ago, and I remember that was built in 1905. Today, after all the restorations, Ken talked about it. Um, it's 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 quite the place. How it is how is it to work there? Oh, it's it's wonderful. It's a beautiful building. It's a great environment. We have a wonderful team that all work very well together. Mm-hmm. You know, if one of us is struggling, then somebody else steps in. We're just very. Um, Tighten it. I would say almost family-like. Nice. Uh, a lot of times we have, you know, time where we spend a, a great deal of time together, mm-hmm. and 
it's it's just a great atmosphere to be in. Uh, Tom Walker and Mabel Walker were a big part of it. Can you, and, and I know Randy knows this because he was close personal friends with the Walker family. Can you give us some background on 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 uh, on that, Ken or Mary? I know I know that Mabel, for instance, was always very benevolent, and and, she, and I know she and Tom had a lot to do with the. Am I wrong? Maybe I'm wrong on this, but I don't know. No, they, they were very involved yeah. um, and, and became, through through their work at the Community Foundation, and they, they also engaged their children in philanthropy, which is a wonderful aspect that we see, multi-generational philanthropy. Mm-hmm. So Tom and Mabel, very mindful. Um, their daughter, Lori, their son, Tom Jr., uh, are they have picked up sort of where... Tom and Mabel left right, off. Right, um, right. There's the Walker Family Community Fund mm-hmm. that is a will continue in perpetuity at the Community Foundation. So very, very generous. And Tom, um, you know, best embodied the spirit of doing the right thing mm-hmm. at the right time for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, really and truly selflessly, mm-hmm. uh, his mind was to do it for the community mm-hmm. and uh, really make this a better place to be and live. Yeah. And, and and that I I mean I can't sum his work up any better than just a, a man of high character. Mm-hmm. He was a uh, Army Air Corps veteran, World War II. Um, grateful that he survived. Right. Um, came home and just was a very hardworking, dedicated to his family. Um, I believe and his community. Pens- I believe there was they were originally from Pennsylvania, the Pittsburgh area. Pittsburgh yes, area. yes, yeah, yes. Western, correct, yeah. correct. And he at one time. Tom was uh, an executive secretary of the Community Foundation hmm. many, many years ago, um, and he uh, just had a love for doing doing things that just made our our this place a better place to live. Do we ever do a statue of Tom one day? I mean, I know that's a lot of money. Randy knows that, but I just think I'm sure we have a plaque or something on him. But he and Mabel were a big part of this community. They they were there are there are some things they did where you know their their names and legacies are on the the Walker Cancer Center Samaritan, in Samaritan. Yeah, sure. You know they had a, a very personal personal story with with what led them to that. Their two youngest daughters right. actually succumbed to cancer, uh, and and that's a horrific thing for any family to to bear. But sure. um, they found positive light in in everything that they you know endured, mm-hmm. right. and. Um, I don't think that I don't I, I'm I don't think I would be wrong to say that Tom is probably he probably is not the kind of guy who would want to no. come back to town and True. and see a statue of himself. Well, you got to do he, it. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if it happens, I you know, if it happens, you know, right. that's up to the people who might decide to do that. I, and but it, um, it wouldn't be anything Tom would I would be worried about. I didn't know Roswell Pettibone uh, flower either, but something tells me he didn't want a statue of himself on lower, uh, right in front of your building, by the way. Uh, but something, because to commemorate, so, uh, I still think we need one of Alex Duffy. Um, I still think we need one of, of uh, uh, Woolworth, because Woolworth started a legacy right here, and his story is so profound, it's incredible. Um, but uh, anyway, that's for another. Sh- that's for another time. And, and Mary, if we could swing it back to you, th- th- let's let's just say I'm a grandfather, and I and I know my my uh, uh, my attention deficit g- uh, grandson is a senior, or for that matter, a junior. But let's just say he's a, he or she is a senior, and I'm, I'm I know that he is not going to apply himself enough to go and and apply. 
What would you tell someone right now who's in that scenario where they know their granddaughter or son, for that matter, is is really in need of getting this application done before Friday, March 15th? How would you encourage a kid to get this done? I guess what I would say is, you know, it's not a very complicated process, um, and we are happy to help. I mean, we have students call or email us all the time asking for assistance in the application process. I know the guidance counselors at the schools are very well versed in the application itself, so mm-hmm. they're able to to help as well. But you know, we don't want that to be an impediment. It's it's very very simple to complete, mm-hmm. and you know, like I said, if they need assistance or you know anything, they just need to reach out to the community foundation. It's that simple. And yet, somehow or other, again, people, I, I, I'm thinking of myself, oh, I'll get to it later. And before you know it, that free money is not available anymore. Uh, but l- let me just ask you this. It, it's, you, these ongoing scholarships go beyond the deadline on March 15th. This is a year-round process. Well, correct. There are other scholarship ap- uh, applications that actually have a later date. Mm-hmm. Our main one is March 15th, but um, 10th Mountain Division is April um, I'm so, it's, April 15th, and there's our non-traditional scholarship that we just uh, moved to a rolling basis. Mm -hmm. That's really for students who maybe had a break in their education, or maybe they went into the workforce and they decided that's really not what they wanted to do, and they want to be something else. So Mm -hmm. we have scholarship applications kind of ongoing. Ongoing, which makes a lot of sense. So higher education, like I said, they go back into the system. Some of them come from lower, and then they gain from this experience. They, They remember you. They come back years later. The George, the Bolt story, the Malcolm uh, Bolt story is remarkable. Uh, but and and not to mention, I didn't realize you guys just moved into that building really not that long ago, seven years ago. Uh, and you're actually you, you fix that up too, just like because we have Jake fixing up all the other buildings, a couple other developers and whatnot. And downtown's never looked better than it does right now. So you're you're part of a growing community. I'm not going to say it's 1905 all over again. It was a different time. Uh, and for that matter, 1850s were probably the biggest boom of this city's existence. And most of the buildings you see in downtown were built during that time frame prior to the Civil War, if you can believe that. Uh, but uh, you, you, you're almost, you're not just part of the community, but you you rebuilt a building that was essentially just wasting away. So that part of your legacy of what you guys are doing there, not to mention all the people that have contributed over the world over the time, uh, including Mr. Walker, uh, is just outstanding. Uh, I, I, I don't know, other than that, I mean, typically we I talk to an attorney about slips and falls and crashing into people and a guy loses his leg in front of a Taco Bell and we talk politics and whatnot. We don't talk enough about the good stuff that's going on, including the monies that are going towards the, the, the new strand and the possibility of a skateboard park on Sewell Island, an island that's been sitting there. It was a DEC, DEA, not whatever, not, uh, or it was an environmental nightmare. <clears throat> but uh, these are the things that people can approach you and, and get the assist, assistance they need. Uh, so you're very much a part of the community and almost in the spirit of a bank. It, do you look at it that way, Mary? You're almost like you're, you're financing people uh, to a degree. We really don't look at it. In that way, we're not a transactional organization per se. We're more of a supporting organization that, you know, helps nonprofits and, uh, you know, students and and other programs, you know, through our support. But, you know, we're very intentional about um, the way that we steward money Mm -hmm. or steward funds. I mean, it's just um, it's it's. You know, we really take the whole process mm-hmm. very seriously. One of the things that we are working on in one project, and, you know, Ken will attest to this, is 
when we have someone establish like a, a scholarship in memory of someone, right. we actually provide this, the student with a document that kind of tells something about that person and then why the scholarship was created. So wow. we really try to honor that legacy moving mm-hmm. forward. So I, I think I, I don't see what? us as a bank. Do you? No, no, definitely not. And I didn't mean to put it that way. But at the end of the day, there is funding available through your services, which 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 is outstanding. These endowments, right? right. Grant funding, unlike unlike a bank, you know, right. we're not asking for the money, money to come back. back. Yeah, we're, sure. We we hope that the grant funding is responsibly used mm-hmm. and and well invested in the community to make to make organizations stronger and and sustain. Mm-hmm. Um, we we outside of scholarships and our investment in education. We have more than 150 nonprofit organizations that are considered nonprofit partners at the Community Foundation, Mm -hmm. meaning that they have worked with our staff to establish permanent endowments Mm -hmm. or sustaining funds or agency funds at the Community Foundation, funds that we steward on their behalf, that the investment returns on those funds are Mm-hmm. reinvested in those nonprofit organizations so they can continue mm-hmm. to do the vital work and, and services they provide to mm-hmm. this Tri-County region. So it must be fun working there, knowing what you're doing. Like you said, Mary, it's a family environment. Is this a fun job more than more than journalism, Ken? I, I, there, there, are, there are a lot of wonderful times that uh, we... We're doing great work that uh, is meaningful to the donor, mm-hmm. and and really at the heart of everything we do, it's it's the donor. Right. We we couldn't do anything without the thoughtful, thoughtfully minded people who come to us and say, mm-hmm. "Is it possible? Are you the right place? Can I do X, Y, and Z?" Right. And we find paths for them to fulfill their philanthropic desires, their mm-hmm. dreams, their mm-hmm. goals. Mm-hmm. Um, and these are folks who are all across the spectrum of socioeconomic status. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the the other great thing about the a community foundation, us especially, is is how embraceive we are mm-hmm. to anyone of any means. Mm-hmm. So if there's a if there's someone who only has a hundred dollars to give, we'll we'll make sure that they do what best fulfills their desire to give. I remember my uh, fourth or fifth, or was it Miss LeBlanc from St. Thomas Apostle, and going back way, way, way when, way back rather. And she, she's talked about how you know some guy comes in and he puts a hundred dollar bill out in front of the at the pulpit, you know, the, in the church. It's like, oh, a hundred dollars, I'm gonna get. Is no different than a poor woman dropping a nickel in front because that nickel went meant just as much, probably more. Than the rich guy with hundred. That's just a lesson I learned from Miss LeBlond in third grade, and I think that's what that's that that uh, aligns with what you just said, Ken. It, it doesn't matter where it's coming from. Uh, people truly do want it. At the end of the day, we are good people, despite the fact listening to the Live at Five show, we come across this thinking otherwise in the political world because it is a crazy world, and it does disrupt things as far as higher education is concerned. Because JCC, for instance, having issues. They're advertising more. They're trying to get more people to go there. Um, that was never a problem, even 10 years ago. Uh, higher education is something that it was just an accepted way of life. 
Um, so I hope that when people realize that there is some supplemental means to take care of this high rate of, of tuition by by me, by uh, Northern New York Community Foundation, that that would encourage people actually to go. Do you ever look at it that way, guys, that you're actually promoting higher education through this? Yeah, higher education in, in, in multiple forms. You know, Mary, Mary said earlier in the show that a lot of scholarships have been awarded and can be awarded to those students pursuing technical trade, vocation, you know, even lineman school. I, I don't know about you, but I'm not going to get up on a, a utility pole when it's 50 mile an hour yeah. winds yeah. trying to put power back on to, right. to this region like right. we experienced in January. Right. We need those qualified people, those people who are willing right. to do those jobs. We have unfortunately undervalued throughout our history. Everybody wants to be a lawyer. Um, Everybody, yeah, no one wants to be an engineer. You know, my, wants to be a I, I have more technology in my in my new car than than I have ever had. Right. And, and but I couldn't tell you how to fix most of it. Right. You know, it takes someone basically with an electrical engineering background to to work on vehicles today. These are important skills and trades, and and donors have thoughtfully kept in mind the needs of our region, the needs of our community to have an educated workforce and the the flexible nature that we can provide support. Um, educational expenses come in many forms. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're a commuting student to JCC or Oswego, you've got to put gas in your car to get to school. Right. So, you know, you get a scholarship from the Community Foundation. We're, we're not going to tell the student, how, how they spend, spend the money, right. an educational expense could be right. filling the car with gas just to get to class. Right, exactly. And if, if that is the supplemental money they need exactly. to, to get there right. and to learn right. and, and to become better, mm-hmm. then we've done, we've fulfilled our mission and work. One thing that I haven't fulfilled here is how, where, do, where do people go, uh, Mary, to, to apply? What's the uh, website again? So our website is www.com nnycf.org. Okay. There's a tab that says scholarships. They click on that tab, and then there's a hyperlink that'll actually take them to the portal. Mm-hmm. So from there, they basically just create an account, which is you know their name, address, email, mm-hmm. those types of things. Mm-hmm. They go into the application, and the first part of it is mostly, you know, what are your aspirations? You know, where are you thinking about going to school? It's just your demographic information. Mm-hmm. And then basically other things just open up depending on how they answer questions. And I can make it as well. That that's a good to to I'll, I'll uh, allow you to do the website again. But you can go to News Junkie, and you said this Ken earlier. The ad banner on News Junkie, and there's a lot of them go go straight to the app. So there's really no excuse here. I mean, if 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 someone told me that there was two thousand dollars under a rock outside, as cold and crappy as it is. I'm sorry, I would abandon ship right now <laughs> and run outside. It's, it, I know it's a crazy comparison, but it's not that far off because you just, you know, is anyone turned down? I guess is a good question, Mary. Is anybody turned down? No, well, I mean, they have to meet certain criteria based on what the donor intent is. But you know, most students that apply do receive some support. And it's not just the, the two percenters. It's the C-plus guy. That just shows a little, you know, has that glimmer in his or her eye that they want higher education. Uh, and, and, and don't get me wrong, I, I'd never 
qualify one more than the other. And obviously in the real world, the grades in high school and college mean nothing. It all has to do with the personality and the eagerness to learn and a vocation, obviously. Sometimes that doesn't coincide with, you know, with book smarts and so smart, you know, the way they, they approach education. But with, with, with respects to this, I think the best way of describing this is that it has an appeal for every student that might be a senior in high school right now. Absolutely. As opposed to a percentage. Because that was my perception. Oh, that's just for the smart guys who really know algebra and trigonometry really well. I'm not as good. I'm not going to apply. There's no excuse here, Mary. No, there isn't. I mean, like you said, we have donors that want to support those students that are looking at certain things. We have one, you know, that's specific for, um, you know, being able to fix things. Right. You know, I, so they're all over the place. Can it, someone fix my Eve in my house? Because the last windstorm took another chunk out of it. And don't, don't go with me. <laughs> well, <laughs> I can't do it either. We got a bunch of, well, whatever's happening there, that's obviously I need a skilled person. So I, it's either um, I, I find someone through the radio group or go to Angie if that works. All right, so I got to do another break, but we'll finish off things here. We'll remind people exactly where to go. The audience listening right now, I can tell you this much, and I might be wrong, and I think you can agree on this, Ken would know. I don't think there's many seniors or indoor students listening to the show. That's why I came up with the scenario. That's why we're advertising in other stations to encourage their grandparents, their aunt, their mom and dad, needless to say, that this is available. So when we get back from this break, we'll, we'll give you that information. You're listening to the Live at Five show. It's about six minutes before the hour. We'll be back after this. Put off getting a new bed. You really want a new bed. Let's be honest. You probably need a new bed. Kevin Fear from... Central. Talking about uh, where we're all from. Ken, where are you from originally? Uh, from uh, actually born in Syracuse and uh, raised in raised in Adams. My my oh, okay. dad my dad was the superintendent at South Jeff from South Jefferson Schools from '79 to '90. What was his last name? Uh, same Eisman. Oh, oh Eisman. Yeah. <laughs> actually, say... I, I have the same name as him. That I, makes so sense. <laughs> he was Ken Eisman as well, and. Uh, he, uh, you know, had 33 years in education and and passed away in 2010. Oh, geez. Um, but my mom yeah, yeah. came to the Community Foundation yeah. about five, four years ago mm-hmm. and worked with my friend Mary here and established a uh, legacy award in, in my dad's name. So my mom has had the uh, experience and enjoyment of supporting students who are entering into the education mm-hmm. career field. Right. She's awarded a scholarship for the last three, four years to... To those students and wow. all through the Community Foundation. So it's all intertwined in one way or another. Yes. Ken, it's yes. amazing. Uh, and, uh, and you're from originally, Mary? I actually grew up in the Capital District. In the Albany area. Mm-hmm. Okay. What brings you up here? Fort Drum or? Um, yes. Uh, your, my your husband, college sweetheart? <laughs> my husband is retired military. Uh, okay. Oh, so it was through Fort Drum. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Now, you just, during the commercial break, uh, if, if you don't mind me divulging this, your house was affa- adversely affected by the windstorm we had last month. And it's the house in, in Watertown where the tree struck it, but nobody got hurt. No one was hurt. It's amazing. And, and uh, but uh, it, what amazes me is, this just, just goes to show you're obviously, ins- I'm, I'm assuming you're insured, but you're taking care of it because there's so many houses, uh, including houses that have had fires over the last five, ten years, that are still sitting there. You, you, you got to work on it within weeks, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you needed to. Where did you have to live during that time frame, or did you live in there? Did you contain it, or did you move somewhere else? Well, we're uh, still not allowed to live there. Oh, um, really? So we're. I'm living with my daughter. Yes. Okay. Uh, so she lives here in the city as well. But you know, back to the scholarship point yeah. with that. You know, a lot of those people that are working on my house, right, have 
you know, degrees or education in technical and trades. And sure. they, um, that house would not be where it is right now right, without right. those people. Without the engineers to put, the, you know, it was like the scarecrow lost all of his straw. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they put it back together in the cold, by the way. They didn't wait till spring. And how long do you think it will be before you can move back in there? Uh, it's, it's probably going to be another couple of months. You, having to order parts right, and right. things. That's you know. remarkable. And, and thankful that it didn't catch fire, didn't knock down the, the power line. Okay, give us the uh, website again, Mary. It's www.nnycf.org. And Ken, anything you can add to all this, the the, the communications director? Um, at- right on the homepage at nnycf.org, there's a, a large button. You can't miss it. That takes students. You click on that that image for scholarships. Just get off your and, TikTok. And you can get right into the portal, can apply for a scholarship. Last year, um, I, our average award to students last year was a little north of $3,000. That's great. So students who apply, there's okay. going to be a great opportunity for support, and, and just, just do it. Excellent. Thank By March 15th. Ken Eisman, Mary Perrine, thank you very much. AM 1240 WE10 Water Time. Mix is legal. Up next, CBS News. News on the Hour, sponsored by Progressive Insurance. I'm Stacy Lynn. The president is in Brownsville, Texas.